0: We'll take your Bibles, we're gonna jump back into the Gospel, whoa, it's the Gospel of John. John chapter eight. Uh, John chapter eight, uh, today we're gonna study verses 31 to 47. Uh, the Bible, black Bible that's here in front of you, if you need that, pull that out. Uh, John eight, 31 to 47, and go to the bat, page 79 in that black Bible, page 79 where you'll find John chapter eight. <coughs> Again, we'll study verses 31 to 47. 31 to 47. We're praying, where, where's, where did Susanna go? Is Susanna? where is Susanna? Oh, there, Pray for Laura. Uh, but she's in Tokyo, staying at Friends House Tokyo. There's a typhoon going through Japan right now, right when Laura landed, practically. So, so they, they directed the flight to Tokyo, so now she's in Tokyo she's staying with a friend in Tokyo and they're gonna wait till a storm passes and then they're gonna do a bullet train to to Yamaguchi? Yamaguchi it's not as Yam okay she said it I'm I'm not gonna try and say it anyways yeah so please be praying for Laura thank the Lord that she's okay John chapter 8 31 to 47 I'm gonna read and then we'll jump in therefore Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him it's very important for you to see this These are the Jews who had believed in him. These are the people he's speaking to. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. They answered him, we're Abraham's seed. We've not been slaves to anyone at all. How is it that you say it, you shall become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, All the ones who commit sin is a slave of sin. And the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. Therefore, if the son will make you free, indeed you are free. I know that you're Abraham's seed, yet you seek to kill me because my word has no room in you. The things which I've seen but the Father I speak. Therefore also you do the things which you heard from the Father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But now you're seeking to kill me, a man who's told you the truth which I heard from God. This Abraham did not do. You are doing the deeds of your father. They said to him, We are not born of fornication. We have one Father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and have come from God. For I have not come of my own, but this one has sent me. Why do you not understand what I'm saying? Because you cannot hear my word. You're of the Father, the devil and the desires of your father, you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks the lie, he speaks from his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak truth, why do you not believe me? the one who is of God hears the words of God for this reason you do not hear because you're not of God there's friends of ours who I think it was in the past year or so had recently adopted a little girl they had two boys and they adopted a little girl and then, you know, it's a, it's a huge, long process to do this. But there was nothing like the finality of it all. Finally, she's ours. She belongs to us. It was It's a huge a party and everything. they're like, you try to post it on Facebook. Like, ah, look at her, she's so cute. No, it was just great. They're ecstatic, so happy. There's nothing like belonging. You know, and on their side, it's them Can you imagine what she would be like as she gets older? I have a family. I belong to them. Belong to be a member or part of. That's what it means to belong. This little girl, she now belongs to that family. In Christianity, it's vital to belong to God, to be of His family, and only the light can bring you to that point. And kind of pick it up what we did two weeks ago with John and his whole gospel saying, Come, receive Jesus, know Jesus, believe Jesus. And last week we said the title was Come to the Light. And so we're going to take that theme, but then what also goes along with that theme, Come to the Light, slash, Do you belong to God? Come to the light. But then a question. Do you belong to God? Or are you of God? That's another way to put it. Come to the light. Do you belong to God? True disciples are defined by the truth, are freed from sin, have God as their father, and love Jesus, who's God's Son. A true disciple of Jesus is defined by the truth. A true disciple of Jesus is freed from sin. A true disciple of Jesus has God as their father, a true disciple of Jesus, loves Jesus, God's son. That's what you see from the text. Another way you could put this, and this is going to be a longer statement, and you don't necessarily need to write this down because actually this is the whole message in one sentence. So this is going to be the whole message in one sentence. So want you re- see this, read this, you don't have to write it down, but you probably will write it down and then fall asleep. That's fine if you want to do that that way, but see, I'm going to keep you from not falling asleep, so don't write it down. See? I'm not as dumb as I look. Here's the message in one statement the one who is is of God or who belongs to God hears Jesus' words, believes Jesus' words, and abides in Jesus' words. That one believes his identity and mission is a true disciple, is freed from sin, is a true child of God, and loves Jesus, which is shown by their deeds. That's how you can put it in one sentence, or two, I should say, John 8, 31 to 47. And you will notice from the verses, it's actually in the negative. I put it in the positive. Well, Jesus kind of goes back and forth. He has positive and negative. So I'll read to you the negative. The negative is the one who's not of God, who does not belong to God. Cannot hear Jesus' words, cannot believe his words, cannot abide in Jesus' words. That one denies his identity and mission, is not a true disciple, is enslaved to sin, is a child of the devil, is not a lover of Christ. And that's shown by their deeds as well. You'd probably see more. And 31 to 47, the emphasis of the negative as opposed to the positive. And where does the light come in? 8.12 is pivotal to everything that happens because we need the light to open our eyes to the truth of Jesus. If the light is not turned on, you see nothing. If the light is not turned on, you don't belong to God. Because you're in darkness, right? You can't see anything until you turn the light on. And you notice, which I brought this up just a few moments ago when we read verse 31, (coughs) Jesus was saying to Jews who had believed in him, unfortunately these people had fake, faith or fickle faith, spurious faith, a faith that did not truly embrace or love Jesus. And Jesus called them out, revealing to whom they were truly devoted, the devil. Jesus is not politically correct, is he? He He wouldn't jive in our 21st century type stuff. He would not. So as we, as we come to this message, this, these verses, uh, 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 there's something that is going to challenge three groups of people. And the first group of people is going to challenge is those who don't know Jesus. Come trust him today. If you don't know Christ, come trust him today. This is going to challenge you towards that. Second group that's challenges, those who think they're trusting Jesus, are you truly trusting him? Are you truly embracing Jesus? Your deeds will show that. Your actions show. Third group, those who are truly trusting Jesus, let it bring humility to your life and may you persevere in your trust. Be humbled. Let it humble you. And may you persevere, endure, remain steadfast trusting Jesus. So there's the challenge. this message challenges three groups of people. There's the three groups there. So all this is going to be based upon a premise, and I gave part of it to you just a few moments ago. This is the premise, and from this premise comes the five different statements which I read to you just a few moments ago and that one statement. So here's the premise to everything that Jesus says here in 31 to 47, here's the premise, you ready? The one who belongs to God hears, believes, and abides in Jesus' words and loves Jesus. And there's the verses, and we're gonna jump around, I'm not gonna go like that, I'm gonna jump to different parts, it seemed to be better this way. But this is the premise. The one who belongs to God hears, believes, and abides in Jesus' words and loves Jesus. The opposite, the one who doesn't belong to God cannot hear, cannot believe, cannot abide in Jesus' words, and does not love Jesus at all. Notice how Jesus ends this section, verse 47. The one who is of God hears the words of God. See, there's the premise. Uh, For this reason, here's the negative, you do not hear. Why? Because you're not of God. Why do people not believe in Jesus? And the idea of of God means belonging. So those who belong to God, they hear his words, which means they hear Jesus. The reason they don't hear is they do not belong to God. If you belong to the devil, you don't belong to God. There's, there's no in between for John, for Jesus. The one who belongs to God hears, believes, and abides in Jesus, words, and loves Jesus. So this means true children of God find their origin from God himself, and those who are true children of God love the Son. And as far as Jesus was concerned, these, so to speak, believers were slaves to sin, indifferent to his word, as one writer says, children of the devil. They did not belong to God. Actions speak louder, and actions are stronger than blood or heritage. You'll notice that a little bit later. Now, jump over to verse 31. Remember, Jesus was saying to the Jews who believed in him, these are the, so to speak, believed, did they, they, they really believe? Maybe they accepted his claim somewhat. Jesus is going to define the nature of true belief. You must remain in my word, he says. If you abide or remain in my word, truly you are my disciples. There's the real test. And, and remain denotes um, intimate relationships. One writer says, a co-participatory presence. It has to do with spiritual, personal connection, not a political connection. Well, Jesus is a conservative. Why do people say that? Jesus is a liberal. Why why do you say that? We're not talking about this. Nor was Jesus. It's a spiritual, personal connection. He says, you stay, you remain in my word. And to remain in his word means you remain the person in the word made flesh. So Jesus meant you embrace both his identity and his mission. They'll come later on in our premise statement. His person and work. This is what makes A true disciple. You are truly, truly you are disciples of mine, he says. What separates spurious faith from true faith? You persevere in Jesus' words. You remain in the word. You obey his words. You stay in his word. Genuine believers count the cost and follow Jesus, true disciple. You hear, you believe, you abide. Go to verse 37. Verse 37. I know that you're Abraham's seed. He knew their physical descent. I'm no dummy, Jesus is saying. But when it comes to spiritual slavery or freedom, physical descent doesn't matter. What matters is the conduct of one's life. Yet you seek to kill me how does that make any sense that's the true gauge oh they're they're fine to trust Jesus unless he clashed with their prejudices or their religious biases or their political preferences or like for today unless it clashes with our gender identity. I'll trust Christ as long as it's convenient for me. Convenient for you. They needed a rebirth, John 3, because they wanted to kill Jesus. And notice what he says from verse 37, because my word has no room or no place in you. There's no place for you for my word. They wanted nothing to do with Jesus. It did not affect their actions. How can a person say, I believe in Jesus, but his word has no place in them? Go to verse 42. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, so they claim that God was their father, if God was your father, you'd love me. Why? Because I proceeded from God and I came from God. The evidence of who they truly were, of who their real father was, is displayed by how they treated Jesus. The one who belongs to Jesus hears his words, believes his words, Abides in his words and loves Jesus. You, you, you love me. Love meaning allegiance, commitment, obedience. You embrace Jesus. He came right on the open declaring his identity and his mission and how it truly matters how they responded to him. He came right out. I proceeded forth and it came from God. True Christians hear Jesus' words, believes Jesus' words, abides in Jesus' words, and loves Jesus. True children of God, the Father, love the Son, who was sent by God on mission to save the world through His death and resurrection. There it is. Abraham would not try to kill Jesus. He would love Jesus. You'll see that in verse 40 an affection for Jesus if a person does not heartily embrace and love Christ that one does not know the father look at what he says verse 43 why do you not hear or understand what i'm saying the idea is the contrast between how jesus spoke his style and what he spoke the subject why didn't they get it why can't they understand the subject of what he's saying Why were they not able to make sense? Because they were unable to hear the subject, he says, because you cannot hear my word. Why? He says in verse 47, they did not belong to God. Apart from the rebirth, no one will hear, no one will believe, no one will abide, no one would love. So, The one who belongs to God hears, believes, and abides and loves Jesus. Okay, so, now from that premise, five truths follow our main premise above that we just talked about. Here's number one. That one believes Jesus' identity and mission. They believe it. His identity is he's the son, he's the speaker of the truth, and his mission, he's sent by the Father. He speaks what he hears from God. It's it's all over... John's gospel, Jesus' identity and mission, identity and mission, identity, who He is, what He's done, who He is, what He's done, who He is, what He's done, everywhere, it's all over the place, and it's all over this passage as well. He's the Son. He's the speaker of truth. And He's sent by the Father. He speaks what He hears from God. Uh, Look at verse 38. The things which I seen with the Father I speak. Oh, by the way, the opposite to that—that that one denies Jesus' identity and mission. The things which I see with the Father, I speak. Therefore, you also do the things which you heard from the Father. Um, there's no caps in the Greek, so Father and Father is not capitalized. And it's quite possible that my and yours were added later, not in the original. It's hard to tell. But whatever the case is, the contrast becomes great for Jesus. He acted in the authority of the Father. They acted in the authority of the Father, the devil. You'll see that in a moment. So the actions and character of the Son, big S slash little s Son, reveals the nature of the Father, capital F slash little f. That's how one writer put it. A son reflects the character of his father. A child reflects the character of their parents. That's what Jesus is saying. He's the son, he's the speaker of the truth. That one believes his identity is mission. I look at verse 40. But now you're seeking to kill me. You want to kill me, there's the action. Yet they claim Abraham to be their father. Their action betrayed their true identity. Notice he says, A man who's told you the truth, which I heard from God. This is who Jesus is. And this is his mission. I told you the truth, is who I am. I'm the speaker of truth. I came from God. I heard these things from God. He came right out and says what he does. Jesus tells the truth. And these words that he speaks, truth, comes from God. His identity, his mission. See, when you belong to God, you believe his identity, you believe Jesus' mission. That's why he says, This Abraham did not do. Abraham wouldn't try to kill me. But not just his identity. His relation mission with the Father. Look at verse 42 again. He says, If God were your Father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and have come from God. There's his mission. For I've not come from my own, but this one has sent me. I didn't come by myself. The Father, God sent him. There's his mission. Drop down to verse 45. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Jesus is the speaker of truth. But because he did, they didn't believe him. Their action of disbelief showed they followed the devil who was their true father. Else they would believe him. Instead, they denied his identity and his mission. Look at verse 46. Which one of you convicts me of sin? Here's two questions he asked them. First, can any of you commit, convict me of sin? In other words, prove I've sinned. So basically Jesus is saying, I'm sinless. And then the next question, if I speak truth, why don't you believe me? I'm the sinless truth right before your eyes. Why are you rejecting me? because they don't belong to God. If you belong to God, you'll hear Jesus' words, believe Jesus' words, abide in Jesus' words, and love Jesus, and therefore you will embrace His identity and embrace His mission. See? True statement number two. That one is a true disciple of Jesus. Everybody saw that. Opposite, that one is not a true disciple of Jesus who does not belong to God. Again, 31, if you abide in my word, truly you are disciples of mine, my disciples. We went through that already, in verse 31. So let's go to the third statement. Third statement. That one is freed from the slavery of sin and the devil. Opposite, that one is enslaved to sin if you don't belong to God. verse 32 and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free that one who truly believes as a true disciple of Jesus will know the truth that Jesus is the one sent by the father to save the world through whom grace and truth come I mean the truth is the gospel of Jesus Christ the truth is Jesus himself he's the truth So that one is freed from the slavery of sin. Jesus sets you free, as we sang, as you know, the the, the, um, songs we were singing talked a lot about freedom from sin, freedom from sin. Because Jesus sacrificed himself, we can be freed from sin. A true disciple of Jesus is free from the tyranny of sin. To know this truth is to make a moral commitment to Christ If you're not Jesus' disciple, then you serve sin as your tyrant, as your master. There's no commitment. And freedom means salvation, by the way. So truth liberates people from their sin. Jesus gives spiritual freedom to those who trust him, to those who are truly his true disciples. Look at how they respond, verse 33. They answered him, Abraham's seed, his offspring. Oh, oh, they're shocked that he would even suggest that they were not already free. And then they say, we've not been enslaved to anyone at all. And, and they're not talking about politically speaking, because obviously a, a Jew, they understood Egypt, they were slaves in Egypt. That would be ridiculous for them to say that. So what are they talking about here? They're talking about spiritual enslavement. We've never been spiritually enslaved to anyone at all. We've never served another God but the Lord God, the religious leaders, these Jews are saying this, them at that time. We're sons of the kingdom, pal. We're privileged. How dare you suggest that we're enslaved to sin? Are you crazy? But this very challenge from them showed their unwillingness to hold to Jesus' word. Because look at what Jesus says. Verse 34. He answered them. Well, they said, how is it you say we shall be free? Uh, verse 34, Jesus answered them. Truly, truly, I say to you. Oh, an important statement. You see that in John's gospel, you'd be like, oh, wake up. Okay, you gotta wake up now. Truly, truly, I say to you. Right, Okay. The one who commits sin is the slave of sin. Anyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. So, who commits sin? <laughs> Everyone. So, that means what? Everyone's enslaved. I didn't say that Jesus did. That's exactly what he's saying. Sin isn't defined by your seed or heritage. There's a why. We're Abraham's offspring. We're. Slavery is defined by sin. If you sin, you're already a slave to sin. It means all people, pals. You're not different from the Word or from Gentiles. All are slaves. We all have self-seeking, self-centered, evil, enslaving devotion to creative things instead of to our very creator, God, dot, 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 Jesus. Everyone. God's law, which distinguished Jews from the world, it reveals that spiritually speaking, they were similar to the world in that, as Paul says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everyone. You're no different, he's saying to them. By the way, and this is for free, pursuing this social justice agenda that has risen up within evangelicalism today is foolish, vain, and fleeting unless our deeper issue of sin enslavement is recognized and biblically treated and dealt with in evangelicalism there's such a focus now on social justice if you don't deal with the sin enslavement issue there's no point to dealing with social justice because the problem is not our society the problem is the hearts that's embedded within society embedded within individuals Everyone's a slave to sin. That's their problem. Notice what Jesus says, verse 35. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. Uh, He's talking about permanent residence. A slave doesn't. The son does. And by the way, this contrast is not between... Uh, Jesus' disciples and, and, and non-Jesus' disciples and non-disciples of Jesus is between Jesus, the Son and the non-disciples and really the world because notice what he says in verse 36 therefore if the Son offers and gives freedom if he gives you freedom truly you are free from the enslavement of sin. So this means that the whole world lies in sin slavery until the Son rescues you. Only the Son gives freedom from sin's tyranny. Only the Son can liberate us from the enslavement to our selfishness and from the devil. Only Jesus turns slaves to Son from those from the house of the devil to the house of the Father. Only Jesus is the authority by the Father to liberate slaves. And He liberates us so that we can do what we should do, what He calls us to do. This is the aspect of the gospel. Come to Jesus, repent and trust Christ. He'll free you from sin, He'll be free. So that one is a disciple of Jesus, but that one, as we said, is also freed from the slavery of sin and the devil. Statement number four. That one is a true child of God the Father. Negative. Who doesn't belong. That one is a child of the devil. Verse 39 They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. The Jews banked heavily upon their physical descent, and thus they're, they're privileged. Because they believe they deserved as, as God's people. But they didn't read the Old Testament. Heritage is not a moral guide. Our father's Abraham. Well, yes and no. Physically, yes. Spiritually, nah. If you are, notice Jesus, verse 39. Jesus said to him, if you're Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But you want to kill me. Abraham did not want to do that. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. You guys are, are saying one thing and doing something else. Only those born of God by the Spirit are true children of God. John 1, 12-13. Not born of the blood, will of the flesh, will of men, but born of God. The important bloodline is not Abraham's, but Christ's. The truth is it's not about heritage, but actions that determine identity. You reflect the character of your father what kind of character? Well, they wanted to kill him. What kind of character were they describing? Well, let's find out. Look at verse 41. You're doing the deeds of your father. They said to him, said to him, we were not born of fornication, we have one father, God. Strongly protested against Jesus' statement. Look, buddy, our heritage and, and legit birthright and lineage is this. We are God's people. He's our God. They claim this origin. So his words are so offensive, and yet their actions reveal their true identity and true father. And not only is Abraham our father, but God's our father. Wrong. Look at verse 44 You are of the father of the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. You belong to your father, and your father's the devil. Now, Jesus defined their father, which ran parallel with their actions. Their true origin and identity is the devil and wanting to do his desires. Like what? Look at what he says, the next part of verse 44. The devil, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks of the lie, he speaks from his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Notice the three descriptions of the devil. One, he was a murderer from the beginning versus Jesus who is life. Two, he does not stand in truth. In other words, there's no truth in him. He hates the truth versus Jesus whose origin is, and he's the speaker of, truth. Three, he speaks lies, and he speaks it of his own supply. He supplies it. Versus Jesus, who could only speak truth. His identity? The devil is a liar. That's your father. Children of God will so love the truth or Jesus that they will believe Jesus. Children of the devil are consumed with lies that they are not able to embrace the truth, not able to embrace Jesus. There's there's no other way. So four, that one is a true child of God, the Father, who does not belong to Jesus, you're a child of the devil five, last one. That one is a lover of Jesus which is seen by their deeds. Opposite. That one who doesn't belong to God is not a lover of Jesus. We saw that in verse 41 and 42. We saw that in verse 37. We saw that in verse 40. Jesus is very clear, especially verse 42. If God were your Father, you would love me. But you want to kill me so recap true disciples are defined by the truth true disciples of Jesus are defined by the truth are free from sin have God as their father and love Jesus who is God's son and the premise our premise statement this is our premise the one who belongs to God hears believes and abides in Jesus' words and loves Jesus if you miss anything, don't miss that. How can you sum up these verses? 31 to 47. When you come to the light, the light will reveal things to you so that you will belong to God. And when you belong to God, you'll hear, you'll believe, you'll abide in Jesus' words, and you'll love Him. Opposite, if you don't belong to God. You don't hear His words. You don't believe in Jesus' words. You don't abide in Jesus' words. And you don't love Jesus. You will embrace his identity and mission. You'll be a true disciple of Jesus. You'll be freed from sin. You'll be a child of the Father. You'll love Jesus. That's what flows. So those of you who don't trust Jesus, come. Come and he'll he'll save you and free you. For those of you who think you're trusting Jesus, are you truly trusting Jesus? Let this be a time for you to examine, say, God, am I truly trusting you? Jesus, am I truly trusting you? But also, for those of you who are truly trusting Jesus, be humbled by it and say, God, help me to persevere in my trust, to remain steadfast and keep trusting you, Jesus. Let's pray for that. We pray for those who don't know Jesus, that they will come. We pray for those who may be fooled, that they will come. And we pray for us, for those who are truly trusting Jesus, to persevere, to be steadfast, to hold fast To Jesus, knowing that Jesus, you will hold us. Take this time, I encourage you, for the next minute or so, to fill your mind with truth, to fill your mind with Jesus. We'll sing, we'll pray. Let this time be a time of such encouragement to you, directing you to gospel truth, to grace and mercy and freedom that's found in Jesus. Freedom that's found in God the Father, your Father. ponder what we've seen from God's word this morning would you please do that now